Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 22. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you are in the world, I truly hope you are having a fantastic week. Hello, and welcome to another week of the Success IQ podcast. And we have a fantastic guest today, Ernie Bray. I was introduced to Ernie back in November when we did this um, interview. You must forgive my husky voice when I recorded this. I was um, loaded with cold, but I was I was really wanting to interview Ernie and get um, and get him his show on the his interview on the podcast. But um, Ernie was one of those people that I was immediately drawn to because of his passion, his enthusiasm, and his love for creating a successful business. And he has, you know, he's got the experience. He is, he has created an award-winning business, and he was a perfect guest to come on the show. And he very kindly volunteered to be on the show. So I, I really hope you enjoy it. And just let me tell you a little bit about Ernie. Imagine leaving your long commute and cubicle behind to bootstrap and build a multi-million-dollar company. My next guest did just that and he's also led his company to six annual rankings in Inc. magazine. And just this week, his company was named one of the best entrepreneurial companies in America by Entrepreneur magazine. He's a high-energy entrepreneur, innovator, author, and will soon be launching and co-hosting the Balls Out podcast with his brother. Welcome to the show, Ernie. Hey, Jeff. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's an absolute pleasure, mate. We finally got connected. <laughs> I know. I know. Gosh, after the time, they cut my gosh. I can't believe they cut my internet down the street. They made a mistake, but now we're back. Absolutely. So could you give us a little bit of a background about your journey into the um, the adventure of being an entrepreneur? Gosh, certainly, certainly. So I grew up in a small farming town in, in California. I didn't really have a background in entrepreneurship or business. I mean, my dad was a teacher. My mom was a homemaker and I was really a sports guy. I played sports and, um, you know, just wanted to heck, I wanted to play in the NBA. Gosh, you know, <laughs> I wanted to play basketball, but, uh, went to college, um, got a degree and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. So, um, I ended up after college, uh, working in the insurance world in auto insurance claims. I mean, gosh, you know, sounds boring, you know, handling auto claims. Um, but I knew just sitting there in that cubicle processing claims all day that I wanted to do something different. And I just knew I was meant for something else. I just didn't really, I mean, I tell people who want to be entrepreneurs, you know, you kind of have a gut inside that you guys, I'm just not happy with what I'm doing. I feel like I can do something bigger. So, um, eventually I, I struck out on my own. I saw a niche in the industry. It was really, really a paper centric industry, a lot of paper going on, processing claims. Like, I got, they could digitize this and they could do this through the computer. And this is just, just so you know, Jeff, this was like, I mean, 96, 97, mm. when the internet was just starting to come out. Yeah. So, you know, at that time people were taking Polaroid photographs of damaged cars. They were uh, doing all this thing through paper. And I said, you know, if I could create a company that could digitize this process, they can incorporate, you know, a full network of uh, providers throughout the country and integrate this all, there's an opportunity. So I just, in 2003, took the step, launched the company and uh, went out there and did it. Fantastic. Fantastic. And I, I suppose you bring up some interesting things. It's number one, it's having the having that courage to go, 
I want to do something different and I know I can make this better. And you find that quite often in entrepreneurs. It's that it's that courage to leap, but it's also that hunger to create something better as well, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and that's what I tell people sometimes is that, you know what, auto insurance, it's boring. I mean, I mean, it doesn't seem exciting, mm. but what got my passion about it was, hey, I saw a niche where there's inefficiencies going on. And I said to myself, what can I do to make that happen? And I, I, I threw my passion in behind the business side and, and, and the creative side of things. And so while I'm not, you know, I don't love the claims process, I fell in love with the process of building a business and creating something that's streamlined. And that's, you know, a lot of people don't realize there's so many businesses out there that could be created or people could start businesses in areas that don't seem glamorous, but there's probably huge potential, huge potential out there um, for opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I suppose is for you is how many people do you have working for you? Right now we have about 40 employees. Wow, okay. Okay, so there's a couple of things I'm intrigued about. Is number one is what is your what do you think are the key are the key areas to creating success in your life? And I suppose is is what is your definition of success? Well, my definition of success, I mean like here's the thing. Success can be defined differently for anybody else. I mean, yeah. if you're an artist out there and you want to have success, your success might be, hey, I want to get into a certain museum. I want to be at an art show. If you're a writer, you want to get published. You want to you know, receive some awards. Whatever that success is for somebody else, it's totally different. People need to realize that as an entrepreneur. But for me, success was being able to provide for my family, uh, to have the ability to work and be my own boss mm. and basically carve out my own destiny. I, I really like the fact that I was able to um, create something that could really, you know, shape my life. And what, to be honest with you, Jeff, now it's really exciting as I see is you don't realize it when you're an entrepreneur, when you're like one or two people and you're just your startup team, you're just grinding away. But when you start to add people, we just had a Christmas, hey, we just had a Christmas party uh, for our staff about a week ago. And to see all the people and their families there, and you start to think, wow, this business has actually helped, you know, it supports the people's lives. We're affecting people's lives and families. We're actually creating jobs for people. That's really inspiring to me because it's, it's, it really makes me feel, it kind of made me feel, you know, gosh, we're really done something big. We're helping a lot of people. That's yeah. really, really exciting. Yeah. And for you is, is with that as well is, is when you sort of go on it, what do you look for when you're looking at creating or when you're working on your, your business and your success, what do you feel are the key areas uh, you know, mindset and those sort of things that you need in order to keep yourself at that level where you need to be to perform? Well, I think uh, for me, the mindset I have is, and this goes back, I think, to sports in a way my dad had taught me is that, you know what, uh, the mindset is that if you're not out practicing and trying to get better, somebody else out there is, and they're working hard to beat you. So I'm, I've had kind of a comp competitor mindset at, you know, in heart. I'm a very much a very... Um, much a tough competitor. So when I go out there, I think every day, if I'm not working hard and I'm not putting the time to make my company better, uh, then, you know, we're going to be falling behind. Yeah. Now, you know, you can't live obsessed. You can't be totally obsessed and neglect your family and put things, you know, and stray away from what's important in life. But I mean, I look at it this way. You've got to always be trying to find ways to improve yourself personally, 
develop skills, whether you're reading, you're taking classes, you're self-improving. If you're not doing those things, then you're not moving forward in life. I mean, who doesn't want to improve themselves? I, I'm a big believer that you don't know it all. Nobody knows everything. You're not going to be a master of everything. Mm. But if you can bring energy, you can bring enthusiasm into the mix, mm. and you can try hard, you can go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. And and for you, when you kind of like go through your skill set, there was, there's a there's a very famous um, bakery in the UK it's called Warburton's and I watched this program where the head of Warburton's was talking about the staff that he brings on and when they were looking at the business and he talks about you know if I'm employing someone I don't want let's say it's in marketing or let's say it's in sales Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to be the best salesman in the business it should be the salesman because that's why you're bringing them in so when you go through your business do you are you looking through you know, because we all have weaknesses, as we say, is what was your what was your biggest weakness, and who did you have to sort of bring in to help you get to the to get this business to where it is today? Well, my biggest weakness was I at first, you know, and, and at first entrepreneurs have to do this, but I had to wear every hat, mm. pretty much a lot of hats. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I brought in a really good guy who knows how to a really good developer who's my CTO, one of the co-founders. Uh, he's really good. He was able to handle the technology side. But, I mean, I have a tendency to dive in and do as much as I can myself. And I had to be able to learn to let go and delegate. And that's a tough thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur, a lot of times you feel like you, you're that person that has to take out the trash, clean the floor, do the dirty work. And being able to find people that could excel in different positions is, was really important. But, yeah, learning to let go is the really thing that I think was one of the things I had to overcome. Yeah, and it's a, it's a really hard one that as well, isn't it? To 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 kind of because it's your baby. So when you right. when you've got that you've got that thing that you're nurturing into its if you want it's from its infancy to its adolescence to its to its maturity. It's how do you how do you let go? And it's 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 a real challenging thing for an awful lot of people, isn't it? I know it it, it really is because. I mean, sometimes you think, well, there's nobody else that can do it better than I can because I know the company from the ground up. Mm. But I think what you have to learn to do, and it takes time because, you know, I mean, hey, my dad was a teacher. Mm. I mean, he was a great teacher, but I didn't grow up to be a teacher. So, I mean, mm. there's a you know, way teachers, good teachers know how to teach people. And that's one skill that I kind of have had to learn is how to be able to take the knowledge I have, take the enthusiasm I have and, and, and transcend that to, you know, give that to somebody else and teach these different, you know, positions to people. Mm. And then it's nice when you see them actually starting to excel yeah. after that happens. Yeah, absolutely. It must be a very rewarding experience. Definitely. So when you, there's a couple of things, because obviously with, when you are, when you have a team, there's a, there's a, there's, it's a different environment than obviously those entrepreneurs or solopreneurs or whatever you want to call them working on their own. What mm-hmm. have you found the biggest challenge with having a team? Well, the, the biggest challenge of the team is dealing with people dynamics in the company. Um, as the company grows bigger, you have more and more uh, personality issues that come up. I mean, because you're dealing with people with all different types of personalities. I mean, I'm a high-energy-driven person, but not everybody's going to fit in that mold. And so what you have to be able to do is – you got to be the sort of the referee with people. You got to put people in the right positions, mm. and you also got to find out what personalities work in the right, you know, areas of the company. I mean, not everybody's going to be high energy, and then I think that's what's, then well, that's what's good about people in general, though. I mean, because everybody, you know, 
everybody has different styles, yeah. and if you can find a way to make them mesh, I think that's it's really important. Just like with sports, though, I mean, everybody has a role. There's role players. Some people are not going to be salespeople, but they're going to be great with customers on the phone, and they're great with customer service. Some people are going to be good at different things. As a leader, mm. you've got to put the people in the right spot. And where, when when you are doing this, do you um, do you do profiling with them, or do you just sort of go, okay, that's that that, that they bring them in, or do you have like a profiling or a, a recruiting process that brings them in? <clears throat> well, that's funny you, you mentioned that. Before we used to not, we didn't have that in the past. We actually have a recruiting firm that helps us now, and they they uh, do personality profiles, mm. which is I find really interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you know. Uh, I don't know if people did the Myers-Briggs test. I've seen that out there. I actually took it online a few times and for fun. And, yeah. and it's funny. It kind of matched my personality. Yeah. You know, commander, leader, yeah. driving personality. And I, and I mean, that's the thing. Everybody has different personalities. You just have to understand that. You can't expect everybody to be the same. And, yeah. and I think it's helped. You know, when we kind of analyze what kind of people are coming in, it does help. Yeah. No, no, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So for you as well is, is when – when you go through this whole this whole journey that you've gone through with your business, how how hard has it been for you to? Because by the sound of it, you you pioneered that that side of it, but how hard is it, and how challenging is it for you for always to stay ahead of the ahead of the game? How much sort of development and stuff do you put into that? Well, I mean, this industry we're in in the auto insurance industry, mm. it's it's changing rapidly. I mean, you know, you see the advent of self-driving cars. Mm. You see this whole industry changing, and we always are pushing new technology solutions. I mean, we're pushing right now. We have a patent pending right now in sensor-based estimatics. I mean, just imagine, Jeff, cars that could estimate themselves be, because of all the sensors in there, the car's damaged. The vehicle can basically send information back to the core computer system, relay that back to the insurance company, and wow. write an estimate, determine repairs. We're working on, uh, we're doing research and development on things like that. We're also working on a lot of technology in the whole workflow process for the whole claims process. Mm. So we're always finding ways to stay uh, at the top of the game in our industry, but we also have to remember, you know, there's other people out there. There's competitors always coming onto the market, so you, you can never rest. Mm. On your laurels, you have to be pushing ahead. No, and that, and it's it's that proactiveness, isn't it? That sets that sets the um, yep. people who want to create the success for so the people that are just going to accept the mediocrity and just go with the go with the crowd. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, I could I could speak to you for ages about this. Um, okay, so thank you very much. What we're going to do is we're going to jump onto the second part of the show, which is the question time. So sure. I'm going to ask you a set the set questions I ask every guest on the show. And um, let's see what the answers are. So question number one is earlier we talked about, um, you know, working on yourself and always developing. So how much time a week do you spend on self-development? Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I'm a believer. You guys, I'm into fitness. I was an athlete. I'm a believer, you know, as being a former athlete and into fitness, I think you need to take care of your health, your personal, you know, your physical health, because if you don't have you know, I mean, and, and I'm not one to talk because trust me, I work late at nights. I found myself up at 2:30 in the morning the other day because I got caught into a train of thought where I didn't want to stop, so I worked till 2:30. But you, you got to get your proper rest. You got to eat healthy. You got to, you know, take care of your health. When it comes to your development of your mind, I spend I don't know maybe at least an hour a day doing some reading, finding some time to do some research, and and. and not just on business. I mean, no. I really enjoy studying science, mm. things going on. You got to you got to stretch your mind. Yes, I'm a big believer. Well, I think, and I think that's an interesting thing because it's you know we talk about self development 
and when when we talk about that self development doesn't necessarily mean about what you do it means something that helps you grow i mean i've started to read um chinese philosophy and it's like you know not because i want to be like you know the next Eckhart Tolle or whatever it is mm-hmm. it's just simply because i find that fascinating and therefore that's something i want to read but i still develop by doing that it expands my mind it expands the way i think it looks at all sorts of things and i think you bring up this really good point that self-development doesn't necessarily mean about just learning better marketing or better sales it means how can you develop better in yourself you're right jeff and and the thing about that really is when you start to study other areas that are unrelated to business or just stretch your mind and you learn new things, I don't know. It just gives you a different perspective of things. And when you come back to your core business, you sometimes just have a different outlook on things. It, I just yeah. think it really helps. No, no, totally. Brilliant. Okay. Question number two, what is your favorite personal development book and why? And when we talk personal development, again, it does not necessarily mean a traditional development book, but just I'm interested to know. Oh, boy. Um Book. Well, that's tough. There's a lot out there. You've got to give me a tough one there. Mm. I'll tell you a quick, brief little story. Um, Tony Robbins, I listened to uh, Awaken the Giant Within. I still remember that. The reason I'm saying this is because I remember this. I was back in 1996, um, and I was working for the insurance company, and I was uh, my brother had, was with me, and we, you know, we were, it was a weekend assignment. I had to go out and do an assignment, and I, we were driving together because he just hopped in the car and came along with me because it was a long drive, I and mean, it was like, 80 miles one way, 80 miles back. And it was a weekend and, and he and I had to go out there and do this assignment. So, um, I was just listening. We, we had to, the, 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 uh, CD version, the audio book version. And we were listening to Tony Robbins book. And I'm telling you, it, it fired me up. Uh, and we still joke about it to this day. I said, Hey, remember the time we were listening to that book about, you know, waking the giant within, you know, and now here we are, you know, I got this successful, highly successful business. Mm. And that's back when I was just working at cubicle job, basically yeah. cubicle job and on the road in the field. So yeah. that book really kind of, I think was one of the things I remember that really yeah. kind of inspired me. It's, it's interesting because Tony Robbins comes up a lot as I'm, as I'm sure you can imagine. Cause I remember when I was younger, just left school, I think I was on my second job, didn't really know what I wanted to do. And one of my jobs was literally to sit on a train and take a parcel to it was about a four-hour train journey, four hours there, four hours back. And what I was given by the boss was personal power to. And wow. he they, he said, look, if you want to have some direction, listen listen to this. And um, it's amazing the the impact that those messages can bring. And I think it's not, yeah. you know, not just with Tony Robbins. I think it's with any great personal, um, you know, it, leader. You're right. It's, you're right. And here's the thing. I think, I think like you were talking – is that everybody see different people? Tony Robbins has his style. Other people have their styles, mm. and I'm a big believer. I mean, everybody's different personal experiences can give you a different twist on yeah. the similar idea, the similar thought. You know, I mean, everybody has their own personal life they're pulling from that has good that brings great value that we can all learn something from. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. Okay, question number three is: What is your favorite app? My favorite app. And you can't. Would have you can't to- choose your insurance app. So oh just, my gosh! If it's not my insurance <laughs> app, what's the one I use? Well, actually, it would be—it's not on my phone, but it's on my iPad. Okay. It's called Paper Fifty Three. Paper Fifty Three. Okay. And it's actually a drawing program. Okay. You can use the uh, Apple Pencil, or you can use your finger. Mm. And I—I I love doing art. That's one thing, Jeff. I—I I love drawing. My grandmother was somewhat of an artist. She was a watercolor. She painted watercolors. I love. I find art 
to be just drawing and, and sketching mm. to be kind of very relieving of stress yeah. and tension for me. So yeah, pa- paper 53. That's well, I like that one. I suppose so. So for you, do you feel that's almost like you you get into like a meditative state when you're painting? I would say so. Yeah, oh, it is. Fantastic. It is because I love drawing. It's just done, just fun. It's just fun to do. Oh, brilliant! Okay, excellent. Okay, so number question. Question number four is: What's your biggest business mistake, and what did it teach you? All right, my business mistake. Well, there was a time, a about six years ago, I hired somebody to come on and sort of run operations for me that really didn't have our best interests at heart and wasn't really that qualified as much as I thought they were. And this is part going down to when I talk about delegation, when you delegate to other people, uh, you got to make sure you're delegating to the right person. What I did is I delegated to the wrong person. Mm. And what happened was I stepped back from the business from day-to-day operations uh, to kind of, uh, you know, do some other things within the business. And I took my eye off the ball. And what that happened is they hired a bunch of people. They brought some people on that weren't um, having the same mindset that we wanted for our business. And what happened is the company started to head in the wrong direction. And what happened is when I wasn't involved, my energy, my enthusiasm, and the person that I am wasn't transcending to the whole company. So the company was – culture was changing. Mm. And what that did is I had to step back in, remove that person, and bring that culture back. So my advice is – Make sure if you're going to delegate, delegate, let the person start to take over, but, you know, keep, you know, checks and balances and don't just do it, you know, wholeheartedly without, you know, keeping a, an eye on the ball. Yeah, no, that's a really good one. And for you, when you, when you delegate, how, do what for you was the, what for you was the biggest challenge of that bit? Was it the fact that you can like just put all of your trust in that person straight away or you kind of like didn't you you didn't sort of do the stepping stone thing. You just kind of like threw it at them and well, not threw it at yeah. them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't do the stepping stone, and that's what I do from now on. I would I, I would never do that again. You know yeah. the way I did it because because the thing is, when people have a when you build a culture within a company and you bring that enthusiasm, like when I walk in my office, people are excited. They know what I'm about. Yeah. If you have somebody else, if somebody else is leading them and they don't have that same passion. Mm. Uh, the morale changes, the morale goes down and I'm, you know, I, and, and it's important to me to have that enthusiastic culture. And if I, you know, I just did, I made that mistake and I haven't made it again. Yeah. Mistakes are one of those things, aren't they? Oh yeah. You know, but you, you know, the scar tissue you get from these things mm. are very valuable because you look back at it you say, you know what? I've been through that. I've been through that battle. I've been through that war. And, uh, you know, it, it makes sure you don't make that mistake again. I mean, yeah. it just happens. Yeah. I, yeah. There's plenty of, there's plenty of the lessons that you learn and go, I'm not doing that one again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Question number five is what are your challenges in balancing work and life and how do you manage them? Well, I mean, that's the thing when you're an entrepreneur starting out your business small mm. balance is just not going to happen. No. It's just, it's going to be 24 seven, mm. not literally, but it's going to be 24 seven. But the funny thing is, um, I've made the life part of the family. I think it's important, you know, and you have to have a spouse or, you know, that, that's really accepting of that. And I really have, my, my wife is such a, a great supporter. She was one of the co-founders of the company with me mm. and she's had to step back obviously a little bit because we have our two boys now. Um, but she's very, very supportive of everything I do. And to have a supportive spouse is very important. That's number one. And then I think another thing is, is in balancing it, realizing, hey, you know what? 
as an entrepreneur, you're not going to have normal balance. There is no nine to five job. You just can't walk away. But I think the way you do it is you incorporate your family into it. I mean, when, when my dad was the, a basketball coach, varsity basketball coach, our family lived a basketball lifestyle. We went to tournaments. We went to practices. But we, my dad made a point. He involved the whole family. And to me, those are some of the greatest memories I ever have. So I make sure that when we do things, I involve my kids. You know, that they get to see. They, they've met my employees. They know what the business is about to some degree. And so when you make it a family deal and make it fun, um, try to weave that in. That helps you know, yeah. be part of it. Like my son will come in my office. He knows I'm on, on an interview or if he knows I'm this, he knows what's going on. So it's fun for him. So that next thing you know, Jeff, uh-huh. he's wanting to produce shows. Yeah. He wants to do video, video production. It's inspiring. I think he can inspire other people too. Yeah. You know, your family. Yeah. I mean, I, I know for, for me is, as I very much see, you know, my two boys and my wife as, as part of the, the team, even though it's, Majority of the time, it's just me. William, William, my eldest, he's doing videography now, so he's now right. part of the the what I would call the video production team and stuff like that. So it's 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 and it's lovely, it's lovely to see them. You know, um, how would I describe it? You see their spark when they're doing something that they're interested in. So although it's not directly in my business, it's me including him into his passion in doing and that's what right. it is. You're totally right because, you know, see, that's the thing. You know, I grew up in a family of teachers. Mm. I went to school. I sat in the desk straight. I did my job. I got great grades. But today's day and age, you know, I I mean, even though I grew up in that lifestyle, I want these guys to be creative. I want Mm. them to be able to say, you know what, Uh, I I, maybe I do want to start a business when I'm older. I want, you know, the things that we're doing now inspires them to go out and go achieve their dreams. And that's, I think it's really important. Yeah. And and I don't know what, I don't know about you, but for me as you know, we are, we are remnants of our, of our parents and their parents and their parents and so on and so on. And I think is, is for me, the way I look at it is, is I have a responsibility to some, to change some of the things because it's not necessary. It wasn't necessarily done right, or the beliefs have changed, or you know, it isn't just about get a job that you can't stand, that you just so you can bring in the money. There's an importance of making money, absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. But I don't, I can't understand why people dive into a job that they absolutely hate. And I know. I, you, I mean, you're right. We do come from the product of our families and families. And families. Yeah. Hey, like I told you, I think I told you before. My family comes from uh, Cornwall, England, tin, yeah. tin miners yeah, down yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, if, hey, they were in the mine. Yeah. Then they came to the United States. They're mining there. They were just working and mining, mining. And somebody along the way had to change that. You yeah. know, they like that mindset. Next yeah. thing you know, yeah. they're a teacher. And then boom. Resilient bunch, though, the, Corn, the Cornish people. I know. I so. got to visit there someday. <laughs> I definitely have. <laughs> okay. So the final question, number six, sorry, is what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had had? No, you, sorry, you wish you had known starting out. My biggest piece of advice, my biggest piece of advice would be to don't be afraid to take that step. And one of the things you need to do is maybe do it as a side business at first. Mm. Don't feel like you have to go all in, Mm. test the waters, because had I done that sooner, Mm. I might have made the jump sooner and I might have made that jump sooner, which would have made me even much more happier in my career path and what I've been doing. Because I I say to myself, gosh, I ate. I started when I was 33 years old. Mm. I mean, and I look back and I why didn't I take this step in my mid-20s? Mm. But you know what? You can look at it two different ways. You could say, you know what? I needed to put that time in for seven or eight years working a regular job to understand 
what it's like to work at a job, yeah. what it's like to be an employee, and what's, you know, how to treat people. You learn, hey, these are bosses who don't you know, treat you well. I wouldn't want to be like that when I'm a boss. Mm. You learn these things. So yeah. I think but my biggest tip would be don't be afraid. Take that action and, uh, and don't, wor- don't worry about failing because you know what? Hey, just keep trying again. You know, I've seen articles out there that said, hey, what, 95% of businesses fail? But it's that third or fourth time you try mm. is when you finally hit success. So just, you know, tr- do it sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, right. and I mean, if you if you look at the realistic, I, I don't know what the statistics are in, in the US, but the majority of the wealthy, of the successful people that you see on TV have failed. I mean, it's 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 numerous amounts of companies that Richard Branson or, or you know, whatever that Richard Branson has set up and tried and failed. Yeah, and it's, exactly. Here, here, here's the thing, and, and I, I wrote this in some of my articles I've written on the internet and then published, is that I think it's something that goes like this. I think that the people who are successful, they don't remember their failures. They don't even remember. They learn the lesson. Mm. They take the lesson away, yeah. but they don't keep the emotion. They don't take and harbor the negative emotion. They throw that away, and they keep the lesson and move on. Yeah. That's what you got to do, not hold on to harbor the negativity. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, do you, do you journal or do you, um, do you take time to reflect on stuff? How, what is your sort of thinking process? Yeah, yeah, I don't journal at all. Okay. I don't do that at all. I think I'm a person who mainly uh, I like to write. Yeah. I get published. I've been published in Entrepreneur Magazine, Inc. Magazine, TechCrunch. Right. I like to write, and that's one way I express myself, uh, my thoughts out there. But I don't really journal. Right. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. So the final question is a life lesson question, and that's where you pick a number between one to fifty, and whatever number that lands on, it lands on a lesson that I have learned over recovering from an illness and and by my starting my entrepreneurial journey and we will discuss it a bit it's okay for you to disagree with it because it's a lesson so we see what we see what pops up so um pick any number apart from 22 if you don't journal so any number between 1 to 50 apart from 22 i'm gonna do number 24 that's my basketball jersey number in sports okay let's do it okay the art of reflection if you can believe that one um okay okay so the art of reflection for me is about just taking some time out. So I, I quite often choose, I block time out over the year to take what I call reflective days. Um, and, and what I do is I sort of sit down. I do, I, well, I, I kind of journal. I don't do the dear diary and that sort of stuff, but I write down my thoughts and I write my ideas down and I do all of that sort of stuff. So I don't get overwhelmed by the ideas that I have. And I take this time out in every so often throughout the year to sort of sit down and to work through it and think about the direction I'm wanting to go in my life, within my business and everything else. And Mm -hmm. even though you don't journal, I'm curious to know if you have a sort of that sort of process. Uh, It's funny you say that. So I don't journal, but I make lists. I'm a Uh, big believer. So that's so in a way. So I have, if you see here on my desk, I got some, I got notepad where I have key things where I have, where I reflect. Like right now, mm. it's December 15, whatever. I don't know. Okay. Yes, it is December bottom, 15. Yeah. Okay. But what, what we're doing here is I'm planning and I'm, I'm right now already strategizing what do I want to accomplish in this next 2017. I said to myself, you know, 2017 is a brand new year. What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? What have I accomplished in 2016? Mm. What are some things I want to do in my, you know, for my fitness? Mm. What do I want to do like personal development in 2017? 
Um, and I plan those things out all the time. And I check back. Actually, I check back in you know, probably every two or three months. I'm always reflecting back how I've done and how I've progressed so I can make little changes along the way. So, yeah, I do. I make kind of more, more of a list format. That's brilliant. Yeah. And it's interesting because some people just have different different processes. Like for me, I, I generally mind map rather than list. Because just the way my brain works is lists to like, oh, I can't, I can't read. You know, I start reading mm-hmm. a list and I start. It's a, it's a way I can help go to sleep quick. But it's, <laughs> but it's, but for me, it's mind mapping, or it's I've got whiteboards all over my office, and I just, I go just go straight to the whiteboard, and I and I do what I need to do, and it's it, you know everyone has their their own unique way of doing something, and I think that right. that's a whole idea of this show with interviewing great guests is to find out how they do it to help other people see if they need to change their tactic and try and make it more effective. You know, I, to- I totally agree. And the thing is, that's the thing. We all need to have an open mind because I'm a believer that everybody has to create their own formula for success. Mm. I mean, you can go copy and or watch or observe the best people out there, but if you can pull out little pieces from everybody and learn one thing here, one thing there, and create that, you know, that ultimate formula that's unique to you, that's how I believe success has happened. It happens that way. There is no – you can't just tell somebody, do this, this, and this, and then you're going to be guaranteed success because there is no guarantees. No. You can only do one thing, and that's set yourself up for success. No, that's brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant speaking to you. Could you just share with the um, listeners – the best ways that they could find out more about your company and um, you know your social media stuff and that sort of thing. Sure, yeah. So my core company is called uh, ACD. That's acdcorp.com. But uh, we're actually going to be launching a podcast as well. It's going to be called at ballsoutmedia.com or ballsoutpodcast.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at, at Ernie Bray. That's at sign and Ernie Bray. All one word, all lowercase. Brilliant. And we'll put all of that on the show notes as well. Ernie, thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to me. It's been absolutely fantastic speaking to you. I just want to take this moment to say thanks very much and I wish you the greatest success. Hey, I appreciate it. Glad to be on. So first of all, just let me say a huge thank you for tuning in or subscribing to the show. I'm very grateful for that. If you have any suggestions of topics that you would like to to suggest that we have on the show or perhaps you want to give me feedback of, uh, of what you think about the show then you can send any emails to podcast at jeffnicholson.co.uk i love hearing from you and your feedback really does help me make the show better so if you want to find out more about me or how i can assist you to live the exceptional life then you can visit www.jeffnicholson.co.uk or you can follow me on Twitter, look for GN Coach, or on all other social media sites, I am Jeff Nicholson UK. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. If you've also enjoyed the show, can I invite you to pop over to iTunes and give us a rate and review, as it really does help make the podcast more visible to increase its audience. I look forward to speaking to you next week, and I want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. Take care.